Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I'm your host, Ken Seymour, back with another movie review for you people that love to see the new movies in the theaters. So, as always, I will give a basic review of what I think the movie is worth, whether it's worth seeing in a theater or whether it's, you know, something you want to wait for to see on a DVD or... Does anyone even use DVD anymore? Maybe Blu-ray? Streaming? Something like that. Whether it's something that you should probably wait for until you're passed out from eating too much turkey on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, although, truthfully, it probably won't be out until Thanksgiving Day next year, but that's irrelevant. Uh, then we will follow up with what is to be determined as the most scientific, rigorous dissection, but not really, just more of a area of interest, you know, groupings that I happen to like in the specific areas that I think impact the film the most for me. We will break them down into cast, director, and editor, costuming and props, locations, cinematography, plot and writing. Each will receive a basic score. You add it all together and you get something that is akin to what you might receive on a book report that you did in the third grade. So, obviously, this, uh, well, maybe not obviously. Uh, sometimes people just randomly click on things. But this will be about The House with a Clock in Its Walls, movie based on a book by John Belair's released many, many years ago. In fact, a book that was a favorite of mine. It was my ideal series as a kid. So when I saw that this was going to be adapted to a movie, I got really excited. <clears throat> then I remind myself that most adaptations are nowhere near as good as the book, or they change drastic things, and I try to bring myself back down to be into uh, you know uh, a more acceptable realm of excitement to be prepared for the movie. But regardless, to just kind of give a general sense of whether you should see it in the movie theater or not, um, maybe. Um, I would say if you've got kids... It's definitely worth taking them out to the theater. It's not scary. It's appropriate for all ages. Um, but it does have that kind of pseudo-spookiness to it that you might expect from uh, uh, a movie released around the upcoming Halloween uh, section of the calendar. Um, or if you were a fan of the books originally uh, that John Blair's put out, um, House with a Clock in Its Walls, uh, Eyes of the Killer Robot, uh, I believe a trolley to tomorrow or yesterday. I'm starting to forget some of the names. It's been many, many years since I read them. Um, but if you are a fan of those, definitely see it in the theater. It's well worth it. If you're a Jack Black fan, it, he's less Jack Blackish in this <laughs> in this film than others, so that may not be a draw in and of itself. Um, but for most people, I would say this is well worth a watch on streaming or on Blu-ray. I will likely be buying it on Blu-ray when it comes out. But that's mainly just because of my link to the interest in the books that I had as a kid and that I still have. Um, but going from there, we're now going to go into spoiler territory. We're going to talk about some things that if you have not seen the film and do not want to know what happens, uh, then I would suggest you stop now. All right, so let's start with the cast. Cast was actually pretty decent. Um, so obviously, as I mentioned, Jack Black is in it. If you saw the you know previews, you knew Jack Black was in it. Um, and as I just mentioned, he is less of his flamboyant self than he has been in other movies, which I think was a very good 
uh, choice. And it's not that he's not that way at all. He still has some very Jack Black moments. But uh, considering the type of movie that it is and what they're trying to achieve, they need to have um, a level of friendliness without the level of um, biting sarcasm that can sometimes come in some of, uh, several of his roles. Um, and again, it's, it's, he's supposed to be playing a very friendly character, so the need to dial it back was definitely there. Uh, if you don't know who Jack Black is, I weep for you. Uh, but look it up on IMDb. He's in a ton of stuff. I suggest starting with uh, Tropic Thunder or listening to the Tenacious D CDs that he has put out that uh, that are quite good. Then, of course, you've got, uh, oh, and I, I should say that he is in the, the, the role of John uh, Barravelt. Um, or Barnavelt, sorry, having a mental moment there. Um, <clears throat> uh, an odd casting choice, uh, I would just say a little bit, or at least in my mind, my memory of the character was that he was much older than Jack appeared in the film. So a slight change up in my mind, maybe not, but a little bit of a surprise, but not a bad one. Um, so moving on, Kate Blanchett as uh, uh, John's friend, uh, Florence Zimmerman. Um, Kate Blanchett, Again, if you don't know who she is, you've been living under a rock. She has been in just a ton of stuff and tends to be very uh, tied to fantasy uh, in a lot of ways. <clears throat> and she's wonderful, always wonderful. I, I don't think uh, I've seen any role that she has been in that she has not just done wonderfully with. And yet again, she does great uh, in this movie. Uh, I could not have imagined... Uh, the character better. I mean, that one that one was pretty much dead where I imagined it as a kid. And the dialogue between the two of them, they adapted that particularly well. The, the relationship that the two characters had reflects on the screen. Uh, the sniping back and forth playfully, just fantastic. Um, then you've got uh, Owen Vaccaro, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, that played Lewis. Um, uh, so... He's not a newcomer. Uh, he was. He's been in several other uh, projects, including uh, Daddy's Home and the sequel. Um, did as as well or better than could be expected. I uh, again, you know, I've got to try and you know, try and draw back a little bit because you know, as you when you read a book, you imagine it one way, and it turns out a different way in the film. Um, not again, not quite how I imagined the casting, but again, the change is kind of irrelevant. And I think he did well with the role. Um, and it definitely, I mean, as you can see, uh, if you watch the film, he's very, um, relatable. He's got the right kind of, uh, um, look and ability to kind of get that, um, emotional, uh, empathy going from the viewer. Uh, then you've got, uh, Kyle MacLachlan as Isaac Izzard. Um, wonderful choice. Wonderful choice. Again, another actor that I really love. Um, he has been around and doing things for quite some time. I, I, <clears throat> I have to believe that most people are going to know who he is. But if you don't, you know, Twin Peaks back in the day, Dune. Uh, more recently, he was on the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. television show. Uh, he had a recurring role in How I Met Your Mother as the captain, which was great. That was so funny. Um, 
But in general, again, another individual that I can't think of too many times where he didn't just nail whatever it is that he was doing. So having him in the shoes of the the, the lead villain, sort of, is, is a good thing. Um, we'll get into how they, they altered some things shortly. Um, then you've got uh, Renee Goldsberry as Selena, the the wife uh, of uh, Isaac. Uh, I'm not as familiar with her. She's been in some things here and there. I'm not really conversant with her work. Um, and this is another instance where the casting is a little different than I imagined the character. But yet again, it really didn't matter because she did well. Um, she had a, 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 a kind of a, a seductive, not like, you know, sexually seductive, but kind of that you w- want to like her, even though she's evil, kind of a feel, um, that, that she pulled off very well, uh, with the character. Um, so that was good. Um, kind of a, a fun note, uh, Colleen Camp is, uh, the individual playing the neighbor, uh, across the street. Um, if you're not familiar with who Colleen Camp is, she's been in quite a few things, but the most iconic role that I would say uh, that she's been in in the past was she was a vet in the movie Clue, uh, I believe 1980-something or other, um, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. I love, I love that movie. It was so funny. And she has, well, I would say an iconic role. Everybody in that movie stood out and had such such a good impact. And so she's very memorable because they all were in that. Um, but anyway, it was just kind of a neat thing. And I, I, I have to admit, I did not recognize her at first. I, I think it's a combination of things. It's been a number of years since I've seen anything that she's been in. And, you know, as, as people age, they change often a little bit. Uh, but on top of that, she was wearing just a ton of stuff. I mean, the, the character is... Um, is uh, always has the dog and all the different outfits and just it threw me off just a bit um not in a bad way but you know it's a good thing anyway i do not remember off the top of my head the two individuals that um play the the primary child interactions uh with the lewis character um but this is another instance where the, the the casting of the other children was was good um, and the two children that will end up, assuming they do a sequel, that will end up playing a role as his friends and individuals that he will continue to uh, interact with, uh, did really good. They had one of them had very little uh, screen time, as is accurate from the book. Um, she didn't. She had you know maybe three scenes that she was in and only spoke in two of them. Um, and I have a feeling that some people will, will feel that, that, uh, the character was kind of, you know, thrown to the back, but that's kind of the way the book was written. So it's, it's still accurate because he has to realize that chasing after, um, chasing after the friendship of the kid that was not treating him right was, um, just not worth it. And, the uh the other child uh, that uh, offered friendship that he should have been more quick to take advantage of, um, and uh, you know all the all the supporting cast did well. Um, 
And of course, uh, the director, Eli Roth, put himself in a, in a small role in the film as well, which happens quite a bit, which I love that. I mean, it's a small thing, but I love seeing the director in, in bit roles in the movies because it's just kind of fun. Um, so, again, uh, in terms of they had a couple marquee names. They had uh, some supporting names that have some experience, but more importantly, um, most of the castings seem to fit, uh, and, and not just the the capability of the actor or actress, but also uh, for the type of movie that's going to be. Um, all in all, I have to give them a 15 out of 20 for casting. Pretty good. Um, then we, you know, as I mentioned, we're going to move the, to the director. Now, the director, Eli Roth, he's he's been around. He's done quite a few things. He's uh, written. He's produced. He's directed. Um, you might know some of his other works being Cabin Fever, Hostel, the new remake of Death Wish. Um, I am not very familiar with his work. And I would have to say, if I was an outsider looking in, uh, looking at what he has done in the past, and you're going to tell me that a guy that is focused on horror, not like, uh, kind of scary, no, trying to actually gross you out, uh, scare you, kind of horror, and bring that into a kid's movie, I would have immediately thought, you are making a mistake. This is a absolutely wrong choice. Uh, he's not going to have the right tone to approach uh, the the story as it was written. Um, and after watching the movie, I'm glad I was wrong. Um, I'm not going to say that he necessarily necessarily knocked it out of the park because there were, there were some writing issues that I think that could have been addressed that he could have seen. Um, there... Um, while Jack Black dialed it back and he was good in his spot and definitely the interaction between the three main characters was pretty good, there were some odd cuts here and there. Um, the editing was, was kind of odd. Again, I know it's not necessarily the same person, but it just, on occasion, I mean, I, I guess you're going to get this when you're when you're a director. You can't always... Okay, now I'm going to re I'm going to rephrase that because I'm assuming things. Um, I didn't feel that the I didn't feel that the acting in certain spots or or okay that the the way that the actors were put into the scenes was able to replicate the eeriness that the book had. I guess that's the best way that I can put it. So I don't think it has to do necessarily with the performances of the actors. It may not even have anything to do with the director or the editing. But it just, you know, I have to lay it at the director's feet because I don't know where else to put it. Um, the combination of everything together felt more like a bit of a campy romp through like a bad Goosebumps television show or something which is not how the book felt. It's, you know, so, you know somebody somewhere said that, uh, that John Blair's books were Harry Potter before there was Harry Potter, which is fairly accurate. It was not about the magic. It has very little to do with it. It's about the ambiance. It's about the real-life feeling of peril 
that uh, that you get. It's got to have a it's got to have a very it's got playful bits to it, but it's got to have a very serious feel. And it and it did not feel that it was taken seriously. I guess that's where it really got me. Um, so, like again, I don't know if that's really the uh, the issue with the director. That's just where I've got to put it because I can't see it with the cast. And I and while there's definitely some writing issues, I'm not certain it was the writing either. Um, so for that reason, whether it's real or imagined, I have to put that at a twelve out of twenty. Um, but you know, I have I have hope because you know it, it's I think it's good enough that it should hopefully get a sequel. And we'll see what they do with it going forward. I would even like to see uh, Eli Roth take another stab at the sequel. Um, costuming and props. Okay, so here's one of the areas where this movie shines. Um, the They made it, so thankfully, they made it a, a period piece. They, they reflected the book when the story was supposed to have happened which is great because then you don't have to worry about uh, adapting it to the current time frame and trying to adjust different things. But that also gives a chance to get several different looks and feels that have just such a nostalgic quality. And so when you're, when they're, uh, all of the, all of the clothing, the goggles that uh, Lewis wears are perfect. I mean, they're a little reminiscent of uh, a Christmas story, uh, the goggles that the one uh, child would be wearing re- regularly. Uh, I guess they're aviator, maybe aviator goggles. I'm not 100% certain, but they have that feel. The little kind of suits that uh, Lewis has on, the the kimono that uh, that Jack Black wears at the beginning, and all of the different outfits that uh, he has. The the themed uh, purple color throughout all of Florence's. Um, uh, not just her, not just her clothing, but, uh, but through everything that kind of interacted, that she interacted with, because that was, that was her color. And, um, the, the book, the necromancy book was fantastic. It, it had the right look and feel for everything that I would hope something like that would be, even if it's not, uh, to my memory, quite what was in the original book, but still had that kind of thing to it. The, uh, the furniture was very, very rustic and worn, but but uh, hardy looking. the The number of clocks that they had in the house were just excellent. I mean, there's just every little bit in detail. Uh, it was nearly perfect. I think. I mean, you couldn't have gotten much better in terms of the costuming and the props. Um, that really, between that and the locations uh, that they shot in and the sets that they put together. That's almost as much a draw as anything to watch the movie and why it's worth why it's worth a look. And I and I have to feel that this is one of those instances where it may reflect better in the theater than it would on a television, but I'm not one hundred percent certain on that. So I, I probably have to give that a nine out of ten. And moving right into location for the same thing. The the locations that they, they got to shoot, uh, and the sets they put together, the uh the the malt shop that they go to is cheesy fifties fantastic. Um, it the house it it has that old quality that to it that you kind of hope, but it's just massive. Um, that and they needed to give it that massive feel because that's one of the things that I remember from the book. It's 
that you get this impression that he just is enveloped by this enormous house. There's so much to look at. And, you know, part of it's being a child and everything looks big, but it's not just that because you get uh, Blair's is able to really describe that. And you get that feel that this is just an, uh, a real kind of archaeological uh, dig every day to try and figure out what's going on for this kid, which is you know, kind of wonderful. Um, they do that well. They do the, the neighborhood feeling well. That If, if there was weakness, the, um, the, the cemetery, I mean, really, how much can you do with a cemetery, though, truthfully? Um, it, it looked like a cemetery. Uh, it's, it, was, it was okay. I mean, it, it looked pretty normal. Which, again, this is probably just my brain wanting to take me nostalgically look at everything through those rose-colored glasses. But I always felt that it was spookier when I read the book. But, you know, that was decades ago. Um, so, but all in all, fantastic. The, uh, the, the, vehicle, the vehicles were, were, you know, time-specific and they looked good and everything's good. The school had that kind of uh, same kind of rustic, older feel everything was good i have to say i'll I'll give a nine out of ten on location too cinematography now that kind of blends in a little bit there's if there is a well okay so there's strengths and weaknesses to the cinematography um the angles were spot on every time i didn't see any useless camera movements i didn't see any weird jerks or odd uh, angles that they wanted to record at no unnecessary flitting from one uh, angle to another in the same scene it all served a purpose that was done very good the lighting generally was very good except when it was at night in the cemetery um, you couldn't see anything really which I guess is kind of uh, the way it's supposed to be although that kind of bothers me um, truthfully the only drawback was some of the CGI um, now you're going to have to have CGI in a, in a film like this and some of it, they got spot on the, the gear work at the end of the film when they're, uh, having the, the final, um, final battle between everybody. Um, it, it was, you know, kind of neat. Looked like you really were trapped in a clock. Um, the, uh, the, the little dolls and the marionettes and all the other weird things that were outside of the entrance to that area really creepy that part was done well and the the movement was done well the um the sphinx sphinx about call a sphinx uh the griffin uh in, made of uh, shrubbery that was good the pumpkins were kind of awful um you know, it's one of those instances where a lot of times you can get away with certain things. You can have some things be amazing and some things be okay and you'll be okay. But if you have a lot of really good stuff, then the really bad stuff will stick out like a sore thumb. And those those pumpkins were just terrible. Um, I'm not sure what they were kind of going for. The, the, the goo looked, again, kind of like goosebumps or... Uh, Kids' Choice Award slime level kind of just nah, just leave it out. It was it was not great. Um, it was uh, it was jarring and it kind of yanked me out of the film just a little bit when I saw it. Um, 
the other magical effects were fine. I guess I guess that's really my only gripe, and that's not bad if it's just one thing. But it was bad enough that it just jarred me out of it. Um, so it was enough to detract some points from that. But I still, on the whole, was pretty decent. So I have to get that uh, seven to tw- or seven to twenty. Seven to twenty would be terrible. Seventeen of twenty was what I meant. Uh, now to move on to the final point, the plot and the writing. So obviously this was an adaptation of a book, and an adaptation is never going to be quite the same as the book, and in instances like mine, where it's been quite a long time since I've read it, it's not going to be quite the same as the memory that I have inevitably uh, inscribed into my brain incorrectly from the way that the book was originally. So I tried very much to kind of put that at bay when I watched the movie, to, to not let it overly influence my opinion of everything. So, just uh, so some minor changes. I mean, in the book, uh, uh, Isaac Izzard is an evil warlock. He is not the one that's risen. It's actually uh, Selena that is brought back um, because the, the clock is supposed to resurrect him uh, as part of the, the nastiness. And, they, and I don't remember them really revealing what the clock does in the books and that could just be my bad memory on this one but I, I don't remember it being identified quite so well and I also remember the clock not being the house it was in the house and it still was a clock I thought this could be me and I've been wrong before and I will be wrong again but to my memory it was just a small clock that's destroyed now all that being said kind of irrelevant didn't really affect anything whatsoever if it was different um because for the most part, with the look and the feel being right for the you know short of the 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 spooky factor not really being there, uh, and the character interactions being basically right, um, it was it was pretty good. Um, I think they overdid the interaction between Lewis and uh, and uh, the first friend that he makes um, that ends up kind of casting him by the wayside um it's that is what happens in the book but i there's something missing there it's i don't think that they showed the why that the that the kid changed his behavior because that's one of the things that i remember from reading the books that you you realize that the reason that he reacts the way he does is not as simple as it appears. They don't really give any motivation for that. And I think that is a problem, especially if you're going to intend to do any sequels and have them be friends uh, as they end up being down the road. Um, in addition to that, I I think that, that this may also be where that spooky factor missing may be. I don't know. Again, I didn't know whether to put it at the director's feet or at the writing it just wasn't there. Um, so I, I had a problem with that that tonal quality, and I have to ascribe as- some points, at least to the writing, because I don't know, don't know where it's missing from. Um, the dialogue in general is pretty good, though there are some instances where it's a little awkward, um, and that may be just an uh, an issue where there has been quite a few years since the book was written. I'm going to guess maybe they tried to keep it as close as possible, but there wasn't a great translation potentially. 
uh, to, to modern-day language, so it just it felt a little clunky in spots. Um, it, uh, for the most part, though, the plot flowed well. They kept it pretty close to the way that the book was, which is nice. Um, so all in all, I have to be pretty happy with it. Um, the introduction, I especially liked uh, the letter at the beginning, uh, smudged with chocolate as he's reading it. That was a nice, um, a nice uh, bit of uh, storytelling that I don't remember being in the book, but is a good way to kind of to blend things together. Uh, the ride on the bus done well. It's kind of a nice thing. Just these the small little choices from here to there. Maybe, um, and I'm, I'm almost guaranteeing this is my lack of memory. I don't remember his uncle ever actually agreeing to teach him magic because that was one of the things that I remembered from the John Blair's books. It, it wasn't like Harry Potter and that. There's no school uh, and magic is there, but it's not, it's not, not the prime focus. Um, and again, it wasn't completely the prime focus, but it's, it's the hook to get the audience uh, into this. So it had some kind of odd choices, the Lewis getting ready in the morning and asking the house to help. And the chair was a little, little cheesy. Uh, I don't remember if that was a thing in the books. I don't remember it being a thing. It just seemed like it was an extra thing specifically for the movie. But, you know, all in all, everything was done well. So I would give this a 16 out of 20. Uh, bringing the grand total, because I don't have any bonus points for this at the moment, uh, to 78, which give it a, a, a strong C-plus rating. And that seems about right. It's, it's a movie that I would watch uh, personally in the theater, and I might watch it again once in a while just because, again, it brings back that nostalgic quality. And I love John Belair's, um as an author. He was one of the reasons that I really loved to read when I was younger. Um, but that is pretty much what my opinions are. But what are your opinions? Please feel free to leave uh, your estimations of the film. We have a forum section just for that purpose at www.everybodylovespudding.com. In fact, we have a section where you can suggest things that you would like for myself and my co-host, Richard Geiger, to talk about. Feel free to, to leave a comment. I will respond generally. Um, uh, and sometimes maybe not quickly, but generally the response will be there. We also have at Pudding Guys on Facebook and on Twitter. You can keep updated and apprised of what will be coming. Uh, we will be having several movie reviews coming out, uh, either in tandem between the two of us. We will be doing, um, I believe the next one will be the Venom movie when it comes out between the two of us we will review and then of course i will continue to do individual movie reviews down the road i hope you enjoy your trips to the theater and tell me what you think of the future see you later mm -hmm.